Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. We are saying as long as there is breath in our bodies, we will not forget you. If we don't deal with this issue now, the problem will get bigger. The lack of empathy. These women need to get over themselves. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Right, here, following our Foot Solutions giveaway all week, 200 euros voucher per day... I'm going to be dead sneaky today. Dead sneaky. Two out of three of them will come without warning. Three sets of footsteps in the snow. Two of them will come without warning. You need to count the footsteps and tell me at 5 to 12 how many we played. I'm going to be sneaky because it's Friday. It's a Friday three weeks out from Christmas Eve. We didn't want to be here. We sure as hell did not want to be here. Uh, yesterday speaking on RTE as the letter was being written from Neffet to the government Dr. Killian de Gascoon was on RTE and he was pretty much saying where we are now Like it really is deja vu all over again com- compared to last year so I think what we want to make sure coming into Christmas this year and this isn't about Neffet this is about as a society and as a population we want to make sure that January 2021 is not repeated in January 2022 and that's on that's on all of us it's not on government it's not on effort it's not on any individuals it's as a society this is it's a bit miserable we thought we'd be in a much better place this year but this is what's happening with this pandemic John Lee is executive political director or political editor rather with DMG Ireland John good morning morning PJ what How seems different this time John is that letter was written yesterday and it hasn't been revealed this morning what's in it. A lot of speculation of what's in it. What are you seeing? 
Um, I, I had a good briefing of the, um, the discussions that led to the letter. So I'd be fairly certain of, what's, of what they were planning on sending over to the, the Minister for Health. Um, what jumps out at, at me for that I wasn't expecting, for instance, is a recommendation from Nepet that we reduce the number of households that are permitted to um, to meet up. Uh, that's to three. Um, is that three plus your own household, or just three? The 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 recommendation, as I read it, said that only three households will be permitted to meet up. That was they were the that was the rough the rough outline that I was given. Now, I'm sure that will be expanded on to be more detailed and answer intelligent questions from people like you um, later on today. But as, as of yes, um, we haven't had an official briefing from government. Okay. Um, the more headline-grabbing elements of it are um, nightclubs to close, won't affect me, perhaps not you, but nevertheless, it'll hit the hospitality industry very hard. A raft of measures for the hospitality uh, industry, which could be, which could be summed up pretty quickly in saying that we go back to the pre twenty second of October limits. That would be uh, six people per table, no multiple bookings, table service only, masks were at table, uh, no dancing, which would effectively lead into the the nightclub situation. And an uh, eleven o'clock again, close again, I think. Well. The, the briefing I received was early, earlier closing. Now, that may even go earlier than 11 o'clock, um, but certainly there won't be that um, Cinderella clause. It'd be well short to 12 o'clock. So I think for restaurants, that won't be as as, as bothersome, but um, mm. for those having a pint, for, not only for the hospitality industry, for those working men who enjoy a pint, maybe on uh, shift work and everything else, uh, men and women, um, it, it, it Coming into Christmas, it's it's not pleasant. Now there there are more impactful um, uh, when you delve into what the, the briefing I got. There are more impactful um, measures coming in, uh, like um, a proposal that we return to fifty percent capacity on um, on public transport, uh, on indoor gatherings that there'll be as much as a fifty percent reduction in capacity there. That will affect um, something like the panto um, the concerts. Uh, all those indoor um, events will have to be fully seated, uh, and it goes on and on. I'm afraid yeah. um, the proposals that, that that will be brought to cabinet. We don't know yet how and when cabinet are going to um, convene. Yeah, um, Helen McEntee was on radio this morning saying that there's no plans her, yeah. for a cabinet meeting today, tomorrow. Presumably Sunday. Like they're being very lazy about this. I would suggest, John, if this letter's on the table, full of what you say is in it, they're being very lazy about this. They, they, they there has been something of a collapse in cohesiveness in government in the last few months. I mean, I would, I would feel myself, and I've written this um, quite often, and it's up to the, the media, people like you and me, to to critically analyse how the government performs. It has really gotten um, pretty all over the shop um, since the summer, probably to do with complacency that, you know, we had this beaten. Um, and there is no set uh, choreography this time round. Um, if you remember last week, the Neffet letter was published uh, on, the, on, the, on the Department of Health website in, in, in entirety. 
right now, as far as I can determine, you correct me if I'm wrong from what Helen McEntee was saying this morning, she hasn't seen it. That's right. Does she she, that, the distinct impression I got from her is that she hasn't seen it yet. It, it does seem that they can't agree between them, John, the three parties. They can't agree what biscuits to have at the Cabinet meeting, let alone where we're going here. There's a lot of bickering going on, plus the fact that they're being lobbied to hell by business. Yeah, and and, and every and every sector is entitled to to look after itself. And I suppose within government, you have someone like the Taoiseach, uh, the Tarnished Leo Varadkar, um, represents business. So I suppose he would be entitled to lobby on behalf of business. But I think the problems are fairly clear to everyone. This um, we hear a lot of people say messaging um, uh, is an issue, but what does that actually mean? To me, we haven't had a single coherent voice coming out of government to tell people what is going on. That is extremely damaging for the for the population. For instance, last weekend we had Neffet, uh, last week we had Neffet make a bunch of proposals on play dates, um, birthday parties. Right. We had a, a, a little girl in the house, la- our house last weekend was due to go to a, a birthday party. We called it off. Myself and the missus are going, well, I said, you know, um, Tony Hoolan has said something, but the government haven't said anything, which they hadn't. We then get to Tuesday, the government brings in a raft of measures for schools and overlooks completely the the guidance that was given from Neffet about um, about play days and, and, and birthday parties. And the problem with that, I'm not criticising Neffet, I'm not necessarily criticising the government. What I'm criticising is a situation where we have multiple voices expressing multiple opinions from official positions. And mm. that not only can, can causes confusion, it causes anger, frustration and, and, and fear. Not mentioning individuals, but hey, let's do it. I mean, every time Stephen Donnelly goes on television, John, I, I'd have to suggest that his colleagues watch through their fingers. I, 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 would, I would answer that by saying I'd be reporting some, some of, of those similar opinions this weekend. There is... Um, there is a, a, a lack of a lack of enthusiasm, certainly in the Fine Gael and Green sections um, of government, for some of um, Stephen Donnelly's performances late, um, lately. Yeah. One would empathise with the man that he is carrying the he is carrying the can for a Department of Health. To my eyes, and I've reported this, um, that is a rather dysfunctional organisation. And I go back to it that we have senior civil servants. Uh, who may have medical um, qualifications, yes, making statements that are, are in in opposition to what the government is saying. That's a fact. Um, and and, and it, never mind the communication, it is up to the Minister for Health with the backing of the Taoiseach to clamp down on that. Yeah. Um, and his to whom are you referring? Are, pardon? To whom are you referring? Well, we have, and this is not a criticism of them. You, you know, the, 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 we have senior members of Neffet, Tony Houlihan, um, we have Philip Nolan making statements. Some, sometimes those statements could be questionable. For instance, and this again is factual, um, Dr. Philip Nolan said that, um, quite some time ago that um, antigen testing was the equivalent of snake oil. Yes, government then down the line contradicted that and has decided belatedly to use yeah. antigen testing. That is that is mixed messaging. Now, in Britain, for instance, we have had senior, and God knows they um, they aren't the model maybe in many areas for co- handling of COVID, but they, we have seen their doctors take a back seat for, for, um, in recent times, certainly in the last six weeks, because that mixed messaging is confusing people. Yeah, the messaging and, is and, terrible. And if you, 
And again, Caster, my back. And I'm not, I'm not um, criticising, say, Philip Nolan or Tony Hulman Barr. I'm pointing out what they're saying is in opposition to what the government are saying. Tony Hulman is a is a big figure to take on now in Irish politics, and that's again based upon his poll figures. The man is very popular in Ireland. Um, um, I, I think last summer he was polling as high as eighty percent. Certainly in our own polling, is at seventy percent. They, the man has to be listened to. But um, there was a different way of dealing with this whole, and it's now a long-term um, issue we have to deal with being COVID. If you think back uh, um, to how Leo Varadkar and, and, um, and Simon Harris, I know it was a different time in, in the summer of 2020, handled this whole thing. They appeared, to my recollection, on public stage, the, the choir appeared to be them. singing from the same hymn sheet all the time. You're, you're correct. Now, the, now they don't. Just one last thing before I let you go, John. In terms of what is coming, and we'll find out more as the day goes by. Increased use of COVID certs. It's it's been bandied around for a couple of weeks that you might need one to go for a haircut, to go to the hairdressers, to go to the gym. That now I think some retail outlets are already checking them because they have the. The option to do it if they wish to do it. But is it, are there going to be more use of COVID certs? There was, in the briefing I received, um, a reference to um, increased rollout of uh, COVID vaccine certs. The, the one area that I was told is a definite um, in their recommendations are gyms. But, but there is also a reference to other high-risk areas. So um, that could be... Um, that could be rolled out to non-essential retail. I don't know, that's me speculating, but I yeah. do know about gyms. Now, when you ask a minister privately, any minister, uh, whether we would follow the, the precedent that was rolled out in Germany, which is to essentially pose lockdown on, um, on the non-vaccinated, they refer to the fact that we are increasing the requirements for um, people to produce vaccines going into, into businesses, uh, vaccine certs that they feel is actually um, restrictions being imposed on the non-vaccinated. But then you'll have to see two things happen, greater enforcement of that, and then businesses will need the resources. Yeah. You know yourself going into a restaurant or a bar, there's one person delegated. To there is, and they've got and they got to check, and it can t- if they're doing it properly, it takes a couple of minutes. Are these going to be advisory measures, John, or will they be imposed and backed up by legislation or SI or whatever it takes? Well, there's no there's no indication that they need to do need to do that because I think um, uh, in that game of poker that goes on between Neffin and government, there's never there hasn't really been a tendency by government to ignore specific guidance on hospitality, for instance, um, when it comes to public transport reducing um, reducing um, uh, capacity. The the infrastructure for imposing those restrictions is already there, if you know what I mean. So I think the only the, the only the only issue we would we would probably see a re imposition of some uh, of some statutory instruments would be a reduction of intercounty travel and travel around the country. But there there is there is I stress absolutely there's no, no sign of that just now. I was just going to say we, that there's we, no we sign of that, that just now, and and well, we are getting calls in because as we know because we've heard it said so many times now. It's rampant in the schools. The 5 to 12-year-olds are, are the largest pop, cohort of the population in terms of spread of the disease now. Any talk of schools not reopening after Christmas or closing early before Christmas? 
Right now, no. And um, and I think I think we all stand back and, and get over our disappointment. And I think there's a national disappointment when it comes to hospitality and all these things. <clears throat> I would I would have felt myself last Christmas. The problem with adults being let run loose as as we were. That was what rolled into the schools having a problem. I think if we can, if their idea is that they can contain things with these additional measures in schools. Um, the schools right now are, are, are down to open as usual in, in January. All right, I'll leave it there. And thank you very much, John. John Lee, Executive Political Editor of the DMG Ireland Group. The, the letter hasn't been published yet, but John's had a briefing on it. Thank you, John. So the pubs are going to change earlier, closing again, restrictions on bookings, etc. Three households. Now, we're not too sure whether it's three households as well as your own or just three households, including your own. Some reports this morning say three as well as your, as well as your own. Others think three, including your own. More use of COVID certs, hairdressers, gyms, possibly. Now, also it emerged that the changes in travel as in that you need PCR or antigen tests. That's been put back for 48 hours for some strange reason. Like John said, the communication has just been appalling of late. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Right, let me go to Mike Ryan of Corn Store and Cockbull because I think, Mike, the hospitality sector feeling a bit put upon this morning because in the latest round of outbreaks, it's, it's fair to say that your sector, uh, they didn't find any outbreaks in your sector. Now, perhaps they weren't looking for them, but they didn't find them regardless. So, do you feel a bit put upon this morning? Morning, Mike. Morning, PJ. How are you? Um, look, I suppose it's not a time to feel sorry for yourselves. It, basically, I think our biggest concerns were the fact that at a time when the messaging was so strong, not for, for people not to mix, no gatherings, uh, no Christmas parties, etc., that the EWSS was being reduced. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest that was the biggest challenge for a lot of people to get their head around. No, my my break that down. I mean first we know that it's there and we know that you guys depend upon it. But yeah. put it into put it into figures for, for Sean and Mary numbers. Well okay, so December is the busiest time of the year. It's our it's it's the time of the year that we actually will make decent profits which carry us through January, February, March and also, it's the time of the year that we look forward to, so we're actually staffing up. So we're bringing people on board, carrying them through a leaner time of November to be ready for December. Because I suppose the thing about it is restaurants, traditionally, and even now, we'll probably be doing good business on a Friday and Saturday night. The thing about December is you're doing that business as well on a Wednesday, Thursday, even a Tuesday, lunches, everything else. So there, you're actually making, there's a lot of revenue coming in compared to other times of the year. The fact that with the messaging, that's all gone. We don't have all that. So you're going to have your usual Fridays and Saturdays, and we're grateful to have that. But like, we're going, that business is the only one that's going to be there. But everyone would have staff through the year to kind of 
that's the type, that's what that's what makes it okay for businesses to carry those staff along because there's actually extra if you look at most businesses what they do in december they wouldn't do combined january february together I got or you. even maybe a touch into march and the ewls and uh, ewss allows people like you to keep staff on the books extra, at, at bleak extra times people. if you were looking at if you looked at your business and what you're bringing in Right. Yes. It, it, no. These times, because if you look at your books right here and now, anyone that's in the trade, and the amount, like the the amount of staff you have on board compared to the actual business you're doing, if you're looking at it as a, in accountant's eyes, they'll say you have to cut because you're not you're not viable, and the reason that is is because you don't have the bodies in the building, but your choices are you still need people there for Fridays and Saturdays. But 20, 10 hours, 15 hours a week can't help people pay mortgages or survive. Yes. So we still have to try and maintain 40 hours a week for people. But we can't do this in the current environment because we are be, our hands are being tied. And that's a different argument. It's, this is what we have. Like if the messaging is there, we have to deal with that. We have to deal with public health advice. And I suppose that leads us into what has to be done going forward. We have to be able to live and continue operating with public health advice. But yeah. the moment that anything comes out, the first sectors that are hit are is, is the hospitality sector, even though, as you said in your intro on this, there hasn't been any cases. But like I suppose this is not for a time of saying, why, why are they picking on us? This is for a time that if something has to be done and it's decided that it has to be our sector, and there are reasons for that. Like, let's let's not say that it doesn't happen that mm. people are mingling and everything else. There are reasons for this message, some of this messaging, and things have to be done. But while that's happening, businesses need to be supported so businesses can actually keep more people employed. That are what else is the options? It's those 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 the staff members, the people who've been working with us for years, then would have no no jobs and have to go on on, on the dole. Mm. Is it Which possible is, to support yourselves through things like takeaway and delivery? When one listener here is saying, I use the service a lot and it was great. I won't be going to restaurants anymore. I think it's too many connections to vulnerable people. But I like the variety in being able to order and yeah. take out. Is that sustainable? No, not not for businesses that are operating. Like if you have a restaurant that can seat 150 to 200 people and you have a, a, a team of chefs that are there, that, that are 12, 14 chefs that are there, that's not a takeaway model. It, it, you're not desi- we're not designed, like those buildings, if you were a takeaway, you'll have a lot of a, a smaller operation, smaller kitchen, smaller staff, so this, you, would not, you don't have the same cost involved. Us opening for takeaway was us keeping ourselves occupied yeah. because that's all it was. It was uh, the, the only reason that we opened for takeaway was to keep our main, our main um, um, teams together because we were getting the EWSS, it wasn't it wasn't viable. If you actually did worked out the actual figures, you weren't really making much money off it, any money off it. But it kept everyone occupied and it kept everyone mm. engaged with each other. Are you getting loads thing, of cancellations, you know? Mike? Oh, it's huge! But like that, that started a couple of weeks before, like a day later after the first announcement about no. Uh, and I suppose when the onus has been thrown onto companies about taking people out and everything else, we it was like basically the whole corporate market is gone. There's very, very few 
there, there might be a couple of small businesses that have maybe five, four or five people with them in their offices and they're coming out. But there's none. There's none of the the, the bigger the bigger um, uh, operations that would be called, would be bringing people out at the moment. So like you know, I suppose combined, if we look, if we took it on actual bookings just for actual bookings that we had on the books that have cancelled between the two two restaurants in Cork, if you work out an average of what people would have spent, there's about 300,000 gone on actual bookings that were in, leaving out of what was, would be walking in the door or even around the... Like I think anyone that's in the city can see how quite things have gotten uh, in the evening time and stuff like that. And I suppose when you have people saying that you have, you know, it, even with the curfews that are coming in, that like you know, ten o'clock has been touted. Maybe the government will go to eleven o'clock. But I suppose what people don't realise is that doesn't affect the restaurant sector. But it does because if it's if it's ten o'clock, the the latest booking you're going to get with us, PJ, is eight o'clock. And the next, and then if you want to have two sittings, the one before that has to be six o'clock. But sure, people are, are just finishing work; they won't be in. Um. <laughs> so you effectively, you kill a whole second sitting, or at least fifty percent of it out of a restaurant that could do just yeah. on our end maybe uh, 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 150 people Mike so if we were talking this time last year you'd have been worried but we might have said we'll get out of this Christmas through the spring and we'll be alright yeah. next year did you ever think we'd be having the same conversation no. on the 3rd of December God no and the difference and the difference about this year is we opened we were still today is the 3rd we didn't actually open on the 6th last year but there was a pent up energy last year people wanted to go out so the first couple of weeks there was people out and about and there was you know so there was the people coming to restaurants and everything else and they went to bars but now it's people now from are they not going out so we're actually looking into a christmas now that's actually and i never thought i'd say it will be worse than last year oh crikey all right. Mike, I leave it there and good luck to everybody at Cockbull and Corn Store. 1850-715-996. They're blaming schools, Christmas parties, restaurants, but the government say, should never have let the jazz weekend go ahead, says this caller, like they did, because the numbers just shot up after that. Well, remember, caller, the jazz weekend was just in Cork. It opened nationally on the... Friday night of the jazz, but I take the point you make. Why don't they change the terms of NEFA to include things like ICU bed numbers? While I accept we need experts, I think it's become a larger, more lasting problem. Michal Martins, like De Valera before him, handing over power to an outside body. In this case, NEFA, with Deva was the church. And there's no real government or no forward planning. And Mick says they should close the schools. It's rampant in the schools. I'm a father of two. I've no desire for all the disruption this would cause, but I see we have a serious problem. I see where the focus is, and that's the only thing that's going to buy us time. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Quartz 96 FM. I often talk about weather apps and ones that I like to use. And I mentioned this one before called Magic Seaweed, which I think is about the best one out there for looking at storms or potential storms. And it's a big, clunky, rust bucket of an app. But if you can get to use it, it's very accurate. And it is showing us at that things could turn very nasty 
next Tuesday. And indeed, some of the forecasters are also saying it could turn quite nasty next Tuesday. Cahal Nolan from Ireland's Weather Channel. Cahal, good morning. A very good morning, PJ. It is looking that way, isn't it? How nasty, though? It's looking that way at the moment. So, well, it's still a little bit far away in terms of the actual timing of the storm and the depth that it gets there, the strength. There are signs on both of the typical models that we would use to say that there is certainly stormy conditions possible on Tuesday next. Now, it's difficult to put an exact assessment as to how bad that could be. It is occurring at a time where we're just coming out of high tides and given this low pressure centre itself, the depth of the low, there is the chance as well for some coastal flooding in places. And of course, in Cork, that's particularly pertinent. So it's something that we'll be keeping a very close eye on over the course of the coming days. Yeah. What sort of a storm? Rain and wind or cold stuff? (laughs) It would predominantly be the wind speeds and that associated risk of coastal flooding that would seem to be the biggest um, threat from this particular system if it materialises as forecast. It really depends upon the timing, though, of the storm. As the storm comes in, it's at the moment it looks like it's reaches its peak <laughs> a couple of hundred kilometres just off the west coast. Mm. But again, if the storm was a little bit quicker than anticipated, then those winds could transfer across to, to impact parts of the county. Um, it really depends upon the timing and the depth of the storm still. But, but be, be warned that there may be a storm coming. All right, Cahill, thank you. Cahill Nolan of Ireland's Weather Channel. As I say, he, the, the, the models that they all use, and Alan at Carlo Weather was saying pretty much the same last night. All the models are saying it might blow out before it gets here, or the worst of us. The worst of it could, could, could miss us. But there is a nasty storm. Uh, on its way, uh, magic sea- seaweed shows it getting very nasty, sort of middle of Tuesday, but passing south to southwest of us. Uh, but if it hits us, we could be in trouble. We'll follow it as we get closer. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Yeah, maybe may- maybe not put out the uh, Christmas decorations on the outside of the house until after Tuesday. Maybe not would be a good warning. Another question with regard to the recommendations, will we be able to go to Christmas events like seeing Santa and things like that? We'll only find that out as we find out more from Neffet. But definitely the weather's going to turn on Tuesday. Okay, Lee Bradshaw, good morning to How are you doing? Well, very good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Now, if I was to follow your instructions, I should be up meditating since about <laughs> half past five this morning and doing yoga at half past seven and preparing to, the, to, to, to walk the Camino in 2022. You've come up with a thing called 769 Camino. What is it and what's it about? Well, 769 Camino, firstly, thank you, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. But uh, I guess 769 Camino, the Fight for Your Life campaign where we're going to help you train your brain to live better, was a creation, I guess, of mine through the depths of lockdown, inspired by my beautiful daughter. But uh, I guess uh, with lockdown, we were all brought to our knees mentally, physically, emotionally, financially. And um, it really brought me to the darkest side of my life, you know. Um, the support really wasn't out there with lockdown. And I guess through my journey, I had to take myself out of where I was. I had to set myself a new task. Tell me a bit I about yourself to... before we go, uh, go past that, Lee. So there you are, what, Sorry? 38, 39 years of age. Uh, and dad of a, dad 39 of a going dog. into it, nearly, nearly 42 now. So a little bit about myself. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like many people. It, it's, you know, we think everything is going good in our lives. 
But one thing I really realized from, I, I guess, from mental health, that we, we're not on top of our mental health the way we are on top of our physical health. And uh, I just, I was, hadn't run in probably about 20, 20 odd years. I had not been taking care of myself for that amount of time. But what I realized to the cracks, to all the things I've suffered through the years with lockdown, the way we were locked right down, uh, living in a rural area, uh, I had no support. So I was 90 kilometers from family and friends, 40 kilometers from my daughter. And I suffered. I suffered so badly that I was on the verge. I was literally into those weeks. This time last year, actually, you know, planning my exit. And um, oh, really? but something it was really, yeah, it really was. It really was to that depth. So I had everything planned, you know, in the, mm. over in the next couple of weeks, everything was in place. Oh, my. But okay. I realized with the lack of support out there, I had to fight back. So I came back with what I, what I always had in my mind, the greatest comeback. So to get very quickly to what it is that I've set up, I set up a program that I have been developing over my journey for the last year. So I guess what I'm giving everybody, I had to suffer. I had to be broken. I had to get to that place of, I thought, no return to get back to where I am. And the 769 Camino is a journey. It's a support group. Uh, with an online platform that is going to help train your brain to live better. So what we do, let's say, for example, beginning on Monday the 6th of December, we offer a free 14-day accountability challenge where we're going to help you train your brain to live better. Now, that does start with you can either choose you know, to get up at that 5 a.m. Uh, 6.30 a.m. then is the meditation. You've got free yoga and workouts at 7.15. So the whole idea here is is breaking bad habits and introducing really good new habits. Now, one thing that I learned over being 41 now, 42, 40% of our daily habits are habitual. So if you're suffering, if you're not successful, if you're overweight, if you're depressed, if you have anxiety, the reality is we've built a lot of this up ourselves through our own flawed mindset. So through our own habits, our own behaviors. So once I researched the brain and the mind, I identified very quickly the fast track route in getting yourself back there. So this journey is not about just physical endurance. It's about mental endurance as well. And what, what's your background that sort of gives you the insight here? We're like, uh, uh, Well, I'm consultancy and design, actually, uh, hospitality business. So everything was brought down. So researching is very much what I do. I guess what, what is my background? My background, you know, I just recently did a documentary, Fatherly, which is going around the world at the moment. That was kind of the whole thing about, my, I guess, my battle for uh, father's rights in the Republic of Ireland, where unmarried fathers have no rights. And through the process of that, it just put me to a, a, a place where I knew I had to be better today than I was yesterday. I knew to be recognized as a, as, as a, to, to win my battle as a recognized parent in this country, I was going to do it the most dignified way and most respectful way by being, becoming the best version of myself and taking that journey to the Camino from what it started out with in my head to where it is today, it's grown massively, but it was really this journey to show why I'm worthy to have the same legal rights as my daughter's mom. So this journey now has uh, just brought so many people on, but, um, <laughs> it's been one of the most incredible journeys. So yeah. now what it is, it's taking care of your mental health, but it's also growing through pain. A lot of us go through pain and we suffer and we can't get out of it. And we think nothing's happening for us. But the thing is, everything is happening for us. We are just in that flawed mindset, state of mind, low self-esteem. We let the world get on top of us that we no longer 
can see the ways out and we just focus in on the negativity and, and to the point we wish uh, we're no longer here anymore. Now there's an app involved, so you can just download it, yeah? Yes, so what you do is you come through me at the moment just into it. We, we upload you onto the app. It's a wonderful app. So basically, right, it's got, you know, how you start the process, the information, an actual 14-day challenge. So anybody wants to get on board, this is absolutely free. Day by day, you wake up, you hit the challenge, and you're brought into live links. So let's say, why did I do the 5 a.m.? Let's even just begin with, well, the whole idea, the one thing I really worked out on my journey is many people on their deathbed, they talk about time if I had more time. And I really realized, you know, just by getting up at five, even if it's only for these two weeks, we all talk about, I don't have enough time for my family, for my children, for this, for that, for the other, but that's flawed again. So by at least getting up at five o'clock together, we focus on a power hour in that hour together. It's the 20, 20, 20, we break it down. But the whole idea that is that you just, if you're a seven o'clock riser, you gain 15 hours a week. If you're an eight o'clock riser or 10 a week, sorry. And if you're an eight o'clock riser, you get 15. And that's 60 hours at the end of the month. And those 60 hours, you can contribute to growth, personal development, education, uh, your fitness. You can, you know, residual income, whatever, or just to be the best version of yourself. But we also then have things like 14 days accountabilities, meal plans. Uh, we've got like the meditations that you go live with myself. We've got an incredible team now that are supporting in the background from fitness and health. Then we've got evening huddles in the evening time. We've got wind down meditation in the evening. So it's about how we start our morning. A lot of people get up in the morning when I said 40% of our daily habits are habitual, where they are straight away going, today's not going to be a good day. That suddenly they bring yesterday. I guess the whole process is we carry our past or emotions or anxieties or hurt or pain forward into the future. And that, unfortunately, is how we keep right. that repetition moving forward. So the whole idea really is is to, to break those habits, put you on an incredibly supportive platform that's going to, bit by bit, help you break those okay. bad habits. And you can do, that process, do it, I presume, through your phone or, or an iPad or whatever. And then talk to me about the Camino in 2022. What's that about? So the Camino then is, that's why it's called 769, because the, the route is 769 kilometers of the Camino. So 769 Camino. The whole idea for that really for me is then to celebrate your newfound uh, rituals, whether with mental health and physical health. You know, for me, with the support that we currently have in Ireland, they're temporary. You know, it's like a phone call away, I, I, you know, and, and they're great. But what I wanted to do is set tasks for people. Because we, we, let's put it this way, a lot of people go into diets or they go into whatever and they fall very quickly and they're gone back to their bad habits. And that's it. For me, it's about having a bucket list life transformation journey. So through your transformation, by taking care of you, then you get to take on this journey as well where we take on those miles together. And it's an incredibly, you know, to be able to take yourself from zero to hero. I mean, I couldn't run 200 meters a year, year and a half ago when I first went out at lockdown. Now I'm eating up mountains. I mean, I ran a marathon the other day, the other day and it's just, it's, it's an incredible Good feeling you. when you take back your mental and physical Ta- health. Time is catching me, Lee. Where can people Sorry. find out more? So if you get in touch with us, Facebook straight away, we will be going live on our, 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 on our web address. But Facebook for the moment, it's 769 Camino. All the information is there. All the posts are there. All you got to do is get in touch. We bring you straight into the community. We bring you straight into the apps. 
The challenge is starting this Monday and they can get involved immediately. All right, Lee, thanks for being with us and good luck with it and glad to hear you turned yourself around. Hey, if it's up, if it's what you're into, give it a go. 769 Camino. You'll find them on Facebook. I don't understand this mad craze for the Camino. I'm sorry, I just don't. People are obsessed with it, but hey, listen, if if, if it's your bag, it's your bag. Can we just talk the Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Right, at the risk of drawing the confusion that reigned yesterday upon myself again, I must mention where the uh, vaccine clinics are on today. And they're at City Hall. There is a walk-in clinic for doses one and two for anybody aged 12 years or up. Okay, and obviously if you're 12 to, I think it's 12 to 15, you need to have somebody with you for verification purposes. So first and second dose for anybody not yet vaccinated. And then for healthcare workers, who obviously will need to show that they are healthcare workers, or for anybody aged 60 to 69, you get your boosters. That clinic is open today at City Hall from 2 until 6. You don't need an appointment. It's a walk-up. Next, our tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday 5th, a walk-in clinic. Again, for age 12 years or over for the first or second and for the booster for healthcare workers and 60 to 69 years old. From 9 till 3 uh, tomorrow and Sunday. Again, no appointments necessary. And as regard cards for boosters, if you want a card, best thing to do is ask them for the card. Just ask them. Say, I've got my booster. Thanks so much. Can I have a card now? We got into all sorts of confusion about that yesterday, but I think we managed to clarify it in the end. And thanks for those who were helping us with the clarification. Yeah, just listening to what Lee was saying to me there about the Camino. And I love the idea of his app and two weeks to get yourself, pull yourself together, as it were. And I like all that. But I just, throwing it out there, I I don't understand this this obsession that people have these days with the Camino. Like, say, where are you going now? I'm going to walk the Camino. Why, like? Why would you walk across Spain in the blistered and heat praying? I'm sorry, like, that's why. I can't understand the attraction of the Camino at all. And I know loads of people, people in their 20s, people in their 30s, people older than myself, a lot older than myself, who've done the Camino. I can't get my head around the attraction of it at all. Oh, God, Fiona wants to do it as well. I don't know why. But anyway, if anybody has done it, maybe you can convince me. Two different things. Today is the International Day of persons with disabilities. And we cover disability a lot on the opinion line. Disability awareness, disability provision, the lack of services or 
others for other things for children in particular with a disability. I told we to touch base with Dr. Anne Devlin, who is a research officer with the Economic and Social Research Institute, to talk about disability in Ireland on this, the 3rd of December. Anne, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Thanks for having me on. And thank you for being with us. Let us look at, at the whole disability sector in, in Ireland uh, and the data that yourself and your colleagues at ESRI have to hand. What level of disability do we have in the country and, and, and what, how do we predict and how do we, I suppose, assess the needs of the disability sector through data? Yeah. Um, so it's actually something that is very, very difficult. And we discuss this in the report in quite a lot of detail. So even defining disability is extremely hard because there's no universal definition. Um, and disability, as we all know, can be very different to different people. So I think um, this report is trying to fill a gap here in using the census data and the growing up in Ireland data to um, sort of better equip policymakers around making these decisions around future provision and especially for children because that's what we're looking at here is preschool children. Um, I think we're lucky in that we have the growing up in Ireland data which not everywhere is going to have and it's a really rich data source for children of this age. Mm. Um, So I think with the growing up in Ireland data and the census data we are in quite a good position Mm. going forward. That's a very comprehensive bucket of data if you like the growing up in Ireland isn't it? Yeah, and it's really interesting in that it has um, your primary or main caregiver, so usually a parent reports on the child, but also a professional. So the teacher also reports on them when they're age five. So that's really interesting because of these reasons around defining disability, we're getting the different perspectives. Um, So as I said, disability is hard to define, but we take in the report different definitions, different measures and try and get a grasp of it all. Mm. You're right, there there is no standard definition of disability you couldn't possibly have one could you no and i think it's very interesting i think if you said to somebody do you know what disability is they say yes of course And you say well define it for me Mm. it's a bit harder so and we see all these different definitions the un the world health organization and then countries within their um discrimination laws have their own definition so it really is a very complex task to try and get a hold of Mm. is there even a broad definition as in something that something that forces a person to approach life differently or that, you know, they they can't deal with life in a standard way. Is there any kind of a one-line definition of what disability is? Um, So what I would give you, now this isn't what all of them, but the general gist of it is that do you have a long-term illness condition difficulty that will impact you um, for, say, 12 months and that affects your day-to-day activities. But then even within that, what are your normal yeah. day-to-day activities? Is that work? Is that getting dressed? So, um, But that's the one-liner I would give. Yeah, it's, it's such a broad church. Uh, there is yeah. no single disability. Looking at disability in children, and it's mm-hmm. I, for me personally... Uh, look, my son is 24. He he's got a disability. He's on spectrum, and we've we've been through that, bringing him up as parents. And I therefore have great empathy for parents who deal yeah. with children with disability. Do we know the extent of it? Yep. So if we look at the census data from 2016, so as I said, we use different data sources, but if we just concentrate on it, we're finding that those aged three to five, there is nine and a half thousand children with a disability in Ireland. So that's about four and a half percent of the population in that age bracket. 
And then the census even lets that us break that down by categories or types of disability. Um, so these aren't mutually exclusive, so they'll add up to more. But we have about 5,000 children with a physical disability, about 5,500 with an intellectual disability or difficulty, and 2,000 children with a psychological or emotional condition. And then we have 1,500 with issues with their vision or hearing. Mm. Figures also tend to vary based on the source of where they're collected. Would it be, is that a fair observation? Yeah, absolutely. So that's going back to the first point about these definitions, about who you're asking. Um, so we do have a lot of difficulty in that, and that's why we use these couple of different sources to really try and get a grasp of it. Um, we're finding very different results. And then there's also the fact that disability may not be permanent or it might not be apparent yet. So because we're looking at this three to five age group, right. um, some children have difficulties that might not be considered a disability, um, which they may or which may be considered a disability, which then go on to outgrow. So it might just be they're developing slightly later than yeah. some of their peers. And then on the other end, you have some difficulties which maybe don't become apparent, usually until they're in school when they're sitting every day with children of the mm. same age and maybe teachers noticing difficulties. So you have disabilities that are maybe you're growing out of and you have ones that aren't becoming apparent until maybe later, yeah. till you're five, till you're seven. There's a thing, actually. I mean, we have a sentence coming up now in, in 2022. So if you take a child who was entered in the last census... Um, yeah and then a child entered in this census, the disability may well have developed or been spotted between the two. Yeah. Also, you could have had a child with what was feared was a disabling condition the last time. Yeah. Thankfully, that's all cleared up and they're healthy now, so they're off that list, which means your data is changing all the time. Yeah, and see, that's what's good about the growing up in Ireland because it is this longitudinal aspect. For example, um, we see the proportion of children who have issues with their hearing or their vision doubles between ages three and five. Wow. So that's probably just getting picked up once they're into the early education setting. Yeah, yeah, definitely that is a thing. Also, some counties are different to others and presenting this radio programme here in Cork, I know we have a high incidence of disability among children in Cork of varying kinds and varying yeah. extents. <sighs> and I, I guess Dublin might be the same, Galway, Limerick, Waterford. Is it a thing that depending on where you are in the country, we know more about levels of disability because there's more access to diagnosis and more access to testing and more access to assessment? Um, yeah, PJ, I think that's really interesting. There obviously is special variation across the country, but it's not something we have fully grasped in this research. And I think it's definitely an area that could be looked at in the future. So, for example, um, as I said, the state average for those three to five is about 4.5% of children have a disability. It's 4.8% in Cork. But then we also see it's 5.8% in Offaly and Limerick. So there really is quite a lot of difference. Um, it's hard to say what that could be. You know, there's a couple of things I think maybe. It could be access to diagnosis, as you mentioned, could be a potential factor. Um, but also you don't need a diagnosis to report as disabled. So it's self-reporting. It could be that people are moving to areas where there's no one to be better supports for children with additional needs. And it could be the willingness for people to report that their child has mm. a disability. So these can all vary, but there's definitely numerous factors at play. And I think it's an area where there should be work done in the future. Is it an old fashioned notion that there might be parts of the country and where, do you know, a different child 
shall we say, a child that's a bit different might not be reported as such. The child, the parents were just that. That's 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 John. John is John. Um, I think that's always the case when you're dealing with self-reported data. It's always um, there's always differences in how people go about or how people consider it. There could be stigma attached to these things as much as we've tried to move away from that. There still can be a stigma attached to it. So um, there's a lot to unpack there and it goes sort of beyond what we're looking at here in terms of the data. Yeah. So looking forward into the next five to ten years, we we, we tend to base policy on research. Yeah. So what, what, what policy changes are required based on the research to hand at, at your desk, say? Um, well, one of the main findings, I suppose, of the work was, so we haven't really discussed it yet, we go on to project the numbers into the future. So again, we're dealing with things that are hard to measure and we've seen in the last couple of years how things are hard to predict. But we're finding that because of the fallen fertility rate, we shouldn't see huge increases in the numbers of children with a disability, which is good. Um, this year, work was funded by Pobal. Um, because of the AIM programme they run, which is to support children three to five in the um, education setting, so they have equal access to education, um, which is obviously a huge thing in terms of their long-term development and maximising well-being. So I think it's just keeping programmes like that going. I think we're really starting to see now the benefit for early education for all children, but in particular just how vital it is that children with disabilities have equal access to early learning and social, social school age care and education. Mm. And the need for early intervention, it screams from every, from every collection of data, from every experience of parents and children, the need for early intervention. Isn't that, that should be writ large? Yep, absolutely. So the AIM programme is demand-led. So I suppose you need the parents or the teachers to be knowing there's difficulties or problems that they can go about accessing the interventions and the supports for the individual child. Okay, all right. Listen, thank you for being with us today on this International Day of Persons with Disabilities and Dr Anne Devlin, Research Officer with the Economic and Social Research Institute. 4.8% of children under five in Cork with disability. Wow, 1850-715-996. Hi PJ, the Camino is about taking time out for yourself, not walking across Spain praying. You can do it without uttering one word of a prayer if you wish. I've done from Saria into Santiago. I'd love to try another route for the varying scenery. Regards and Merry Christmas from Craig, Craig the trucker. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, the praying bit, I, I know... I, was probably being a bit facetious there. There are friends of mine who are atheists who've done a length of the Camino. (laughs) So, you know, uh, great to hear men stand up passionately to have an equal right as a father. Good on Lee. He certainly has a motivating tone. Sounds like Keith Barry. He does a bit, doesn't he? I'm glad his daughter gave him the push as well to succeed. Can I let you know that Dylan Brickley, we've met Dylan before in this programme, and Corey Power are busking on Saturday from 12 outside Brown Thomas and they're raising funds for the penny dinners. Dylan Brickley, great young lad, great young musician, and Corey Power, I don't know Corey, but they're busking this Saturday from 12 outside Brown Thomas to raise funds for penny dinners and Katrina Toomey uh, is welcoming their support. Some news just breaking. The Cabinet Subcommittee on COVID is to meet this morning. So that would be Michal Martin, Leo Varadkar, Eamon Ryan, uh, Michael McGrath, Pierre, um, oh, Pascal Donoghue and 
uh, Stephen Donnelly. That I, I, there may be others on it, but those are the names that come to mind. They're going to meet this morning to consider the letter from Neft. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996 On Cork's 96FM. Yeah. <laughs> on the uh, Camino. Uh, don't knock it till you've tried it says one call and uh, if you're active and you love the outdoors trips like the Camino are absolutely stunning I've no doubt like they, that they are I just don't get it uh, maybe someone says to me oh, you need to go and walk it Pete you need to go and look yeah I know but the only place I want to walk when I'm on holidays is along the beach or into the pub 1850-715-996 on disabilities. Hi, PJ. We have a watered-down version of the rights of people in this government and this country, thanks to our government. We don't have the full rights as outlined under the UN Convention of the Rights of People with Disabilities. We have a watered-down version, which is a disgrace. Jerry, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. We have a very watered-down version of it, and I've taken so many calls from upset parents over the years who just cannot get services for their children. And I was there myself trying to get services for for my son and and trying to get school places for him. So I know, I know, it is all very, very, very watered down. 1850-715-996. This young man got onto us during the week and wondered if I remembered him. Remember him, I could barely forget him because... Nicholas Ryan Purcell, you were a guest that impressed me very much when we first met in 2019, talking about your life with autism. Good morning, Nicholas. A very good morning, PJ. And I just want to say thank you and your researcher, Fiona, for having me on, because indeed your interview in January 2019 was very profound. Well... What I found impressed about you was how well you told your story. It was a documentary at the time, uh, and and that went really well for you. I was blown away by how the documentary was received. And in fact, the time when I was on with you was before the documentary screened in the Gate Cinema in Middleton. And, and in fact, the Gate Cinema... The Gate Cinema in Cork City, Mallow and Middleton were very, very well attended. Yeah. It was a 52-minute documentary. 52 minutes, as we discussed at the time, Nicholas, was a broadcast hour. Did anybody ever put it on television for you? The reason I went to cinema is because a producer from... Producers from television turned it down because I was told in emails that it didn't fit their their programming requirements. And that's why I went for cinema. Mm. And and it, and the documentary ended up screening in twenty eight Irish cinemas. Brilliant. And and I was just blown away. And in fact, in fact, what's happened now is I have written a book yeah. entitled Anything is Possible, 
learning to live with my autism. Yeah. And this this documentary, this book tells my story of how people helped me overcome obstacles with my autism and to show me that really anything is possible. Yes. You spoke to me the last time about discovering your autism and, and having it understood. Would you remind listeners again for me, Nicholas, if you would, please, how was your autism discovered and who helped you? It was a psychiatrist in Dublin who diagnosed me in the year 2003 when I was age 13 in my final year of primary school. And I remember at the time being absolutely stunned that I am clearly different. But yet, what really put a positive slant on having autism was finding out the uh, the successful people in the world who have it, Indeed. like Einstein and, and all those. All I, I just won't name people for copyright reasons. But, I got you. I got you. Was that but, Professor Fitzgerald I, who diagnosed you, by the way? It was. Yeah, it was, yeah. yes. Yeah, great, a great guy. Uh, a great man. He diagnosed my son. So uh, a super, super guy. And when you learned at 13 that this is your difference... How did that change your life, Nicholas? When I learned I had autism, it, having autism really helped my parents to know what supports were needed because actually having a diagnosis on paper was indeed the best thing that they got because at least they, they had an answer. And they set up one-to-one resource classes for me throughout secondary school. And and I have to say that I was very, very fortunate with resource teachers in secondary school because I regarded resource teachers as heroes because I could talk to them any time I was troubled about whatever was on my mind at the time. And and I just want to say as well that my my dad is actually a Cork native and he's from Churchtown near Buttevant mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, a group called Schliella have ah. now occupied have now uh, Schliella have actually occupied his home place in Churchtown and and um, I'm really looking forward to being there with my book on the 11th of December at Schliella. Excellent. And we know Shliella and we know the wonderful work that they do. So tell me about the book, Nicholas. You wrote it during lockdown. It was a lockdown project. That's it. Um, I will tell you exactly how the book began. I remember in March 2020 when the Taoiseach at the time announced everything had to be shut down, everything, all, all, all schools, all sports had to be shut down. And I remember I was watching a series of films online on a loop and suddenly this particular film stood out to me about a child being bullied. And I was really engaged with that film. I just felt absolutely compelled to watch this particular film. And there and then when I was watching the film, um, tears just started to stream down my face, my cheeks. And in fact, 
my emotions began to rise to the surface and I realised, my goodness, it was actually bullying that triggered my depression. And I never actually faced, I never actually faced my bullying fears ever until until un, until lockdown and that's what started the book was actually go, going back over my life and examining how how people were really good to me and how how bullying basically affected me and were and you, Nicholas were you bullied because of your differences yes exactly um because i i remember like for example, when our family used to live in Emily Village in in Tipperary, um, my my parents organised a trip in a Fiat car without a roof on it, and it was owned by my primary school art teacher Barbara Connolly. And I remember being very very excited and. Any time I got really, really excited about something, I used to giggle to myself for days after. And in fact, to tell people, I, I, I used to show complete, complete joy. And when I showed that complete joy to others who didn't know me, I used to be laughed and sniggered at because because I, I, I like I, I was told horrible words by yeah. people that didn't that that basically didn't know me because any any time I got excited about anything, yeah. um, I, I used to express it so much more than and and, than, and why and why wouldn't you? And I, I I think it's one of the lovely things about people, because I think people people with autism, they they don't they they express their emotions in their way. And and, yeah. and and it's great that they do, and it's great that they can. It's great that we let them. We should let them. Nicholas, the the book. And yes, go ahead. I just want to say, whilst my documentary was being screened, um, there was one particular school that 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 was really good to me, um, called Charleville CBS Secondary. Yeah, and 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 there's a teacher in there called Dennis O'Donovan, and. Dennis O'Donovan had a lasting impact from the day I met him because he he's a teacher in that school, and you never guess what he did for me on the day when the students were watching my documentary. He he brought me into the town of Charleville, and he brought me to a train set to to actually see a model train set working, and he set this all up for me. And I remember then that. That particular night, the school organised a screening of my documentary to the public in the Park Hotel. Oh, and fantastic. and since that day, Dennis has just made a massive impact on me. And two other schools that I remember who screened the documentary were my father's primary school in Churchtown in Cork. And then another school who showed us was Liz Carroll National School. Yeah. And... And um, and one big opportunity came out of the autism documentary was the Irish Navy in Hull Bowline actually uh, invited me to their base because one of their officers watched my documentary in the Gate Cinema in Mallow. Fantastic. And 
and and and I remember being absolutely bowled over when I got an email for, from the Navy. Good man. And Nicholas, the book is out. Um, you're looking for shops to sell it. Uh, you're you you self published it. That's exactly it. The reason I self published the book is because a renowned publisher had quoted me twelve thousand euros to print it, and. And I don't have that kind of money. So I went to a local printer in Nina called Brennan Print, and they were just fantastic to deal with. Good, good. And and also I had a very good editor called Mary Cahillan, who lives very close to me in in Tipperary. And, And so Philip's Bookshop in Mallow, have agreed to stock it, Excellent. and and the bookstore in Kinsale have agreed to to stock the book would, as well. Wouldn't it be great if we could get you somewhere in the city? Wouldn't it be brilliant? Oh, it would be great. I mean, I I I I would be delighted if if I could get into Cork City as well. Well, Nicholas, would you do me a favour? Because I would be I would be deeply honoured if you would sign a copy of the book and send it to me. I will do that, definitely. Because I, I love talking to you. You're a remarkable young man and I cannot wait to read the book. Your documentary was a was a work of art and the reason I mentioned why, it, why wasn't it on television is that it should be on television. And I just want to say, in case people would like to contact me, um, I have a Facebook page called Nicholas Ryan Purcell Productions. Okay, good man. Listen, good good luck with the book. Time is tight for me. Nicholas Ryan Purcell, yeah. thank you so much for being with me again on the Opinion Line, particularly on this day of the International Day of People with Disabilities. His, his new book is out. It's called Anything is Possible, Learning to Live with My Autism. autism. Uh, that, that young man is phenomenal. Phenomenal young fella. Thanks, Nicholas. Can we just talk? Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. Lewis Barfoot is an Irish-English songwriter based in County Cork who blends evocative vocals with original compositions. During her winter residency at Sirius Arts Centre, she plays a show at the venue on 3rd of December with tickets available from the venue's website. Access all areas. Tom Grennan released the second album, Evering Road, in early 2021 and has followed it up with a tour announcement that takes in a live at the Marquee show on May 31st next. Tickets on sale now from usual outlets. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or any live streaming events coming up by emailing us here at aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all all areas. Your guide to nightlife on Cork's 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 396 On Cork's 96 FM. Right on the International Day of People with Disabilities, we got a voice note in on WhatsApp from Orla uh, for International Day of people with disabilities. Morning PJ. Um just on the whole disability sector. 
This new community, uh, community-based approach to um, services to help people with disability. Um, there is no such thing as early intervention currently. Um, there is the preschool that my son went to closed. Um, it's not staffed. It's not like it's gone. It's closed. My son's physiotherapist and occupational therapist has over 800 kids on their file. Um, occupational therapists and physiotherapists were taken out of special schools to work within the community. Um, it's just not working. And on the day of the Disability Awareness Day, I wanted to make you aware of this, that within Cork, anyway, the system is not working. Oh, God, Orla, don't I know that, girl? Don't I know that? It's not working. Uh, it's working brilliantly for some and not at all for others. There's no average. Thank you, Orla. 1850-715-996. The little book I have in front of me and this little, this lovely little thing, it's a, it's a bookmark, an old-fashioned bookmark, and it's got a little, little green man on the top of it and his name is Benji. Uh, my green journal... Uh, with Benji is a beautiful, beautiful children's book. It's an old-fashioned bound book, a spiral-bound book, and the author is Pascal Lutz. Hey, Pascal, how are you? Hello, Piché. Good morning. It's lovely to Lovely to catch up again. I haven't spoken to you in quite a long time. That's right. That's right. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Um, So this is a a beautiful book. Thank you very much. how How did you put it together? Um, it took me one year and three months to to write to to write it to research it and stuff, and I thought children would be really um, loving a little penguin telling them all about the environment, recycling, sustainability, the animals, the plants, the flowers, the tree, but in a fun way. So the book the book has a page a day for the whole year. And so, like, it has 434 pages. And and thanks to what you mentioned earlier, the the, the spiral bounds, it's very uh, easy to open it fully so that the, the kids can draw and, and write on it. So there's no date on it. So there's no pressure for the child to... Um, to finish it at a certain time. Yeah. And there's no pressure for the parents as well to um, to buy it at, at a certain time. Yeah, And there's lovely little, as well as every day for the child to write up, there's no specific date so they can write it up whenever they want. And then he's got yes. loads of little facts. Uh, f- like if you attach yes. a bar magnet to a piece of wood and float it in a bowl of water, it'll slowly turn and the magnet's north pole point towards the earth north pole so there's a little experiment then yep. for the child to do yes. to learn about that yeah who That's did the right. artwork Is it, did you do the artwork yourself i did i've illustrated it uh, all myself and so ben benji tells them a fact a day um and it's all always fun, but very interesting. I learned so much. The moms tell me, "Oh my God, Pascal, I've learned so much reading your book. It's really funny." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, I'm and just, then, as I said, I'm just leafing through it this morning, and the stuff I, I'd never heard before in it, like carrots yes. were originally purple. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It is. It's just a gorgeous book. And then you go into things like explaining to children. There's one thing. What does sustainable means? 
and a simple explanation yes. for for a child. You're selling it at the Marina Market, I think. Yes, um, it it retails at eighteen euro one eight for the whole year. So it's really I I, I kept it really reasonable because uh, some families they they have more than one child, and also it's it's about mindfulness. Benji would ask them fun questions, but also questions like if my mood was a color, what color would it be today and why? Yes. So it allows the child to, who has um, difficulty expressing themselves to come find in Benji. And then the parents will in- investigate and say, oh, okay, you know, he's feeling a bit sad today. Okay, let's, let's inquire. Yes, and you've so little, little uh, and, and affirmations in it as well. I am brilliant and kind. It doesn't mean I'm better than anybody, just that I'm brilliant and kind. Yeah, yeah, it's very important. Yeah, listen, yes. I'm, 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 Pascal, I'm blown away by this. This is a gorgeous little book. Thank you. And there's a system of stickers as well. Yes. Because everybody loves stickers. So Benji asked them to perform a little task uh, regarding the environment to earn a sticker. So, for example, make sure you switch off the lights when you leave a room. Make sure you switch off the tap while you, you brush your teeth. Make sure you re- recycle in, in, in the right bin. And then at the end of every week, there's fun time. So it's either drawing or making things like a feel-good box or a vision board or Benji cookies or eco bricks or so it's it's all to to do with nature, the environment, and stuff. It's, it's great fun. <laughs> where, where did the affirmations come from? They come from my pack of mini daily happiness cards for the young. It's a it, it's a little pack of cards. I've I've had in mind what children come up against uh, nowadays. You know, bullying, laugh, anxiety, lack of self-esteem, lack of uh, self-worth, la- lack of encouragement. So those cards are all about um, kindness, positivity, empathy, and they. They pick a card a day, and that's their their message yeah. for the day. Some some schools use it, and the feedback has been wonderful. Yeah, I can see conversation starters as well. Like, can you say, yeah. "Mommy, Mommy, did you know that you can buy eel flavored ice cream in Japan?" Benji said it. I can't even think what eel-flavoured ice cream must taste like, but there you go. <laughs> uh, I know. Benji is very smart. He's Benji a brilliant, he's very, brilliant very fellow. Smart. How important is it, um, do you think, Pascal, that we have this lovely, coloured, simple positivity for our kids at these difficult times? Yes. I think it gives them a lovely focus to to look after our planet, to help as much as they can, because it always starts by the children. And if they're kind of, you know, told what to do, how to do it, but in a fun way, they won't feel it's a chore. They they will enjoy, um, you know, cl- cleaning the beach of plastic and making sure they, they save water because Benji tells them it's better to take a shower than a bath. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's it's important. It's, 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 it's gorgeous. It's called My Green Journal with Benji. Pascal, how is my old pal Zav? It's great, thank you. He's still teaching the guitar and we have a we 
we were in in the same band um, for for the past five six years. Yeah, uh, a rock band called Booster. But uh, at the moment, we're not gigging, and we really miss it. I know, I know. God, the two of you are, are, are crazy musicians. I've seen you play, both of you. Zav is one of the best guitarists I think ever ever trod the no, boards I'm, in Cork. I'm the bass player and he's the guitarist. That's right, yeah. You're the bass player, he's the guitarist. Ah, uh, yeah. Listen, Pascal, great to talk to you. It's a beautiful, beautiful Thank you book. Thank so much. Appreciate beautiful, beautiful book and, and good luck with Thank it. You. Selling it at the Marina Market every Sunday in December. Pascal Lutz. Zav Lutz, if you remember the Bowen Brothers Band back in the day when we had big wedding bands, the Bowen Brothers Band, that fabulous French guy with the pigtail who used to play the guitar, that was uh, her other half, Zav. That is the nicest children's book I've seen in quite a long time. Uh, 1850-715-996. Her website, Pascal Lutz, P-A-S-C-A-L-E-L-U-T-Z dot com. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Okay, Minister of Justice has just confirmed. This is Richard Chambers from Virgin Media tweeting this. Um, Justice Minister confirms cabinet meeting at three o'clock today. At the mo- this morning, they didn't have one planned. Today, they're having one at three o'clock with what we call a decision to be taken. Is the expression used? Government doesn't want uncertainty and speculation over the weekend. The subcommittee, the COVID subcommittee, started meeting a few minutes ago. That's Michal Martin, Leo Varadkar, Eamon Ryan. Pascal Donoghue, Stephen Donnelly and Michael McGrath. No women, by the way, on that subcommittee. I thought that Helen McEntee was a member of that subcommittee. She's not. So there are no women on that uh, on, on that subcommittee, which is uh, interesting in 2021 that such a thing would happen. But Richard Chambers uh, from Virgin Media just tweeted that cabinet meeting this afternoon at three o'clock to discuss where we go from here. Ah... Uh, that's not sounding good. Not sounding good at all. Uh, as we know, the, specula- the speculation is rife, and it is just speculation at this stage because the letter has not been published, but we believe that it contains restrictions, more restrictions on the pubs and restaurants, uh, restrictions on booking and the number of tables you can book, a change in the closing time, possibly back to 11, possibly even earlier, some talk of 10 as a closing time for the pubs and restaurants. Again, that's speculation. That more COVID certs will be needed in hairdressers and gyms and the likes of those. We know that's been on the table for a couple of weeks, but government hasn't moved on it. With regard to Christmas, this will be the biggest one. Households and gatherings, family gatherings at Christmas. A figure of three households has been mentioned. Now, is that three households as well as your own, or is it three households, including your own? And I guess that's the kind of speculation and worry and concern 
that shouldn't be allowed to run into a weekend. This morning at quarter past eight, when Helen McEntee was speaking on RTE, there was no plan for a cabinet meeting. Now we've had a meeting of the subcommittee just started and confirmed there by Richard Chambers, a meeting of the cabinet at three o'clock. Oh, on Nicholas. Nicholas Ryan Purcell and his book. What a wonderful interview with Nicholas. He's an inspiration to us all. Lovely to hear a young person full of hope and positivity. That's from Rose. Where can we buy this book? He's a great young man. He's got a bookshop in Kinsale, doing it from a bookshop in Mallow. It'd be nice if we get one into the city for him, of course. I saw the first thing on my shopping list today will be Nicholas's book, says another message to our WhatsApp. On vaccination centres, I'll give you the time again before the end of the day, but uh, someone says, I saw the old Duns on North Main Street uh, is a vaccination centre. I don't know if it's opened yet. Neither do I. I know they were setting it up as an old vaccination centre, or in fact, the old Duns as a vaccination centre, but I don't know if it's open as that yet. Right, it's three weeks to Christmas Eve today. And... You know what happens at Christmas, right? You get paid a bit early and you say, great, I'll spend. And then you realise it's going to be like six weeks until the next pay packet. And that can be make life very difficult going into the new year. So what you try to do is with the best ability that you have or with the best resources that you have, you try to prepare for spending at Christmas and prepare to hold out in the new year. We spoke to this woman during the year and she was one of my favourite guests of the uh, opinion line in 2021. Santis O'Garro is the Caribbean dub on Instagram. Uh, budget coach, self-taught budget coach who got herself out of debt. Santis, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. And the last time that we talked, you were looking at even moving to Cork. I don't know if that's any good. No, I, I still am. Um, it probably won't be next year. It'll be the year after. All right. But um, I definitely am. I was listening to you talking there. It's like, what are all these places? The old Duns? What's this? <laughs> you have to learn all these places. <laughs> Pop down would give you the 10 cent tour. <laughs> Santa's Christmas Christmas is, is a time when, look, those of us lucky enough to have a job and have an income, you know, we yeah. get paid a few days early. Sometimes you get paid five or six days early. And then there's a splash at Christmas. And you can you can forget that's a very long wait till the next payday. How do we prepare for that? Well, you need your budget. Um, obviously, and you know I'm going to start with that. But what I would say is when you budget, as soon as you get your pay, just literally put away 20% straight away so you don't have a Christmas hangover in January. Um, we're that, and I call it that way because we get all hyped up and then we spend and we kind of stand out of panic as well. Um, but you have to think that January is coming and it's usually such a long month for people. You want to have a little bit of an emergency fund or a contingency for January. Then we're going to look at all of our Christmas bits. And I would say the big thing is the dinner. Um, try and cut back a little bit on the dinner. Um, and I'm going to go for zero waste all the way. And that's what I usually do. Um, plan. You, you know you're going to have your roasties. We all know what the game changers are for the Christmas dinners. If you can plan ahead, make your roasties, make your gravy and all that, then you kind of have an idea how much you're spending on the day. Um, and when I say zero waste, PJ, you know, 
you look at last year and see how much were you actually thrown in the bin at the end of the Christmas dinner. Yeah. I don't know. My mom is famous for it. You know, she thinks there's about a hundred people coming and <laughs> her family's not that big. <laughs> it's, you know, the last time I saw a bird that big, it was in the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> so buy accordingly. You know, if you don't, if you, and some people aren't even the big fan of the turkey, and the turkey's sitting there for three days. You know, have dinners around it. This is where your meal plan is going to come into play. Your meal plan will save you a fortune, lads. It's not boring. It's you could make it, jazz it up as much as you want. The turkey could be a turkey fajitas. It could be a turkey curry. It could be turkey sandwiches with your crisps at the side. Or my dad even does the ham. Yeah. We fries the ham the next day, fries the potatoes, bit of brown sauce, a fried egg, you know, use it up. Don't throw it in the bin. Use it as your meals for the yeah, days right. after. Yeah. So you're kind of saving money. Yeah. And I always kind of think, you know, with the gifting and stuff, you know, we've all had kind of a tough year with, a tough year with the cutbacks and everything. And with gifting, no one's going to really look at you oddly if you say, look, can we do a Chris Kindle this year? Or, you know, can we can we cap it a little bit? And even with me and my kids, I'm having no spend days like 90 this, this Christmas. Um, just because I want to make memories. It's been mm. such a tough year. And, you know, let's make it a positive end, uh, end to the year. We do this thing called the Light Walkers. <laughs> and basically, the city is all lit up. Mm. Bring them out, get them wrapped up and get a fun name to it. You know, it's your light water. My kids, they don't know any difference. They just know that we're going to go around and watch the lights. And with all the restrictions and stuff that we're here in Lumen, um, you're outside, you know, and it's the difference between having a cup of coffee then or hot chocolate and walking around and, I don't know if it's if it's a big thing down in Cork. You know, some people take Christmas really, really, um, really to the next level with oh, the yeah. lights and everything, and they oh, have charity yeah. boxes outside. So that could be a nice thing to be a light walker, and then you're, you're teaching your kids about charity, and you, you donate and you go and you see the house and you see see the crib and you know see baby Jesus and everything is good mm-hmm. and. My kids really love that. And it's like a thing now, even when we're driving, they're like, mom, there's a light walker house, you know? Um, And it costs nothing, but it's a memory. And I I, I do wonder, you know, down the line, will they go, remember, we used to do this thing and will we do this? Um, And it costs us nothing, but they're not even aware of the money. It's an event. Yeah. Yeah, and it is. It, it, you're you're right. Going around to to look at the lights and wander around to see who's got what lights. It costs yeah. you nothing, but it can be huge fun. Come back to what you said about the putting the twenty percent aside, Santis. Like, yeah. we, we we all know, don't we? How yeah. much money is definitely going out of our account every month? Is it a good idea that when the wage comes in, those of us lucky enough to have one, when the wage yeah. comes in? Take out what you know is going to be taken out of it anyway. So yeah, let's make it simple. If 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 your wage comes in at a thousand euro, and you yeah. know there's two hundred and fifty euro of that that you have to have, take it out. Get it, it out of the way straight away because yeah. you're prioritizing yourself straight away, and you're you're, priori- you're prioritizing your mental health as well. You don't want to be stressed starting a new year. You want to start strong, you know. Yeah. 
um, and just knowing that you have your bills paid and you have that bit organized will make for a better Christmas. I always think as well, you know, Christmas is not just one day, it's the whole month. And you have to watch if you have young kids or you have to watch what they're, they're looking at you and they're seeing you stressed for that whole time. So let's just remove that straight away as much as we can. And then it's a case of adapting around it then. If you only have 500 now or 750 now, what can you do to stay within that? And I would say just know everybody's going to understand this year if you turn around and say, look, I can't go crazy. If you have a teenage son and they want the best of the best, then they can understand that, you know, a teenage son or daughter, sorry, and they want the best of the best, you know, they'll, then they're well able to have that conversation of you saying, look, I can't get you Canada goose or whatever. I'm too old now to understand what's, what's the in thing, you know. I can't get you the whole outfit. That's going to cost me a fortune. And maybe that's the, now's the time to just have a little pullback I can get you two out of the three. Yeah. You know? There was a nice idea as well, and I, I remember it happening in my own house. You get to yeah. a point where there's loads of brothers and sisters and they all have children, and you're sitting there going, right, I've got three presents to go for that house and four presents yeah. to go for that house, and would they please stop having children? And and <laughs> and or then you can have the one conversation that says, you know what we're going to do now, guys? We're going yeah. to just bring something to the house. So a bottle yeah. of wine for mum and dad, yeah. and a box of sweets for the kids and yeah. no more of this arriving with Santa's sack up the drive and you know what one of them said to me was I was waiting for someone to have that conversation oh my I'm telling you once we start talking about money it's a whole different conversation because people don't we don't share about stuff like that but when you do you realise that I'm I'm a parent and look I have great great brothers and I have a great sister and I have great friends and my whole thing is instead of bringing up all these toys that the kids are overwhelmed. That's Some right. of them I have to actually hide and then say, okay, January, okay, let's bring this one out because they just don't know what to be looking at. They don't appreciate it. And then things get broken, yeah. you know, and then you're kind of resenting the kids. <laughs> it's like yeah. not their fault. They're just overwhelmed yeah. Yeah. with a house full of stuff that we all think. So, I'm, so for my brothers, I'm like, look, can you bring them to the zoo next year? You know? Yeah. Can we have a day out, make a memory with your uncle, make a memory with your auntie, spend time with them. You know, this year has taught us that we want the sense of community. You know, I'm a single parent. I want my kids to be spending as much time as we possibly can with COVID and the restrictions and making memories with my family rather than just having a load of toys that they, they won't remember in no. two or three years' time. No. Who gave them what? All... Kate's got a nice idea here. I get one item uh, each shopping trip in the weeks or maybe months leading up. And then I go to a butcher that will cut up the meat uh, so you're not getting the whole turkey, like buy a crown or buy that kind of thing. It's all less stressful and it's easier to budget. I love that. You see there now? So we all know what we need to be doing. It's just literally implementing them. And I'll say another thing, even on social media, if you find somebody is on there and you feel like you're, you're, you're getting the pinch to buy, 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 mm-hmm. cut back. Conscious spending, conscious gifting, what you're going to give, make sure you put a bit of heart in it. And don't buy because someone, someone else is doing it in their house. Make your own memories in your own house. Create your own traditions. 
don't look outwardly. That's that's a big thing that I feel, you know, we were, I was having a great conversation the other day and, you know, the kids go into school and they get, they're influenced by so much, but stand, stand tall, stand true to what's going on in your house. You know them better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Create your own traditions at home um, and I'll save you a lot of money and look, the kids be well more well-rounded for it. I think that's that's a great way to finish. Santa's brilliant to talk to you again uh, on, on on the program. Have a happy Christmas, you and the family. Same to you. Happy Christmas, and it's Santa's not Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, Santa's not Santa. That's what you're telling everyone around you. Listen, it's Santa's not Santa. <laughs> Santa's thanks very much. Brilliant. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Look for the Caribbean dub on Instagram. She's great, and she's full of all those little tips. Actually, I must remind. I must write it down. I we recently started making frittatas in my house. Right, mainly because I can I can cook an omelette, but I can't finish it. I can't turn it, make a complete total hames of it. So I started to make frittatas, and if you can make a frittata, you'll never have waste. Tell you about that closer to Christmas. You can make a Christmas frittata on Stevens's day. How's that one for you? Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Right, I'll do these again. Because yesterday we had a, a world of confusion, but today, thankfully, not so much. First of all, when you go for a booster, ask them for your card. They may give you one, they may not. They're very busy people. They've decided to start giving out cards. So if you want a card for your booster, ask and you'll get one. There are clinics at City Hall today. Now, it's a walk-in. It's for first and second doses for anyone who hasn't had them before now, anyone aged over 12. And then booster jabs are there for healthcare workers or for anybody over 60. That clinic is on from 2 till 6. You don't need an appointment. Then on tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday 5th, walk-in clinic. Again, for the doses 1 and 2 for those over 12 who haven't had a vaccine already. And the booster for healthcare workers and those over 60. Those are on tomorrow and Sunday from 9 till 3. And again, you don't need an appointment. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Quartz 96 FM. Yeah, just on that uh, Disney Plus series, Dope Sick, uh, we're watching this at home. It is brilliant. It is really, really, really good. And really, really, really scary about well, just what did happen with OxyContin. Uh, like, it, it is a kind of a, doc, it's a docudrama. Which is really good, but it's it's and Michael Keaton is just, now he's a great actor anyway, but he's phenomenal in this, phenomenal as a small country doctor, small time country doctor who discovers the problem, and there's a twist in it relating to him, but well worth a watch. In fact, they you know this thing that Disney do where you can buy a month's free trial or something, or buy one month for four ninety nine. Well worth it. 
just to see dope sick. It really is. 1850-715-996 on budgeting. Ellen says what I've done over the last few years is help family out with bills and stuff over the years. Then we just give each other a token at Christmas. And Roger says we're a big family. We came up with this idea. Every aunt and uncle puts their names in a hat. One is drawn out and to buy a decent present for a kid. Then all the kids' names are put in a hat and one is drawn out. Got the decent gift from all the aunts and uncles. Obviously, the parents of the child would be consulted too. That's a cool idea, Roger. Kind of a Chris Kringle thing. 1850-715-996. A lot of Christmas trees will go up this weekend, it being three weeks today to Christmas Eve. A lot of Christmas trees will grow up. We're hearing that some of the trees, some of the real trees you'll put up this Christmas, that because of the weather during the year, they're not going to be as hardy as they might normally be. And they might start drying out a bit more quickly than they would normally dry out. Now, the average decent live Christmas tree or real Christmas tree should get you through the Christmas and into the new year. But let's get some help from Daniel Leahy of Careswood Garden Centre in Castle Martyr. Hey, Daniel, good morning. Hello. There you go. How are you? Uh, I'm good. How are you? Good. The average real tree, if you put it up, 10 days before Christmas should last you the, for the full 12 nights of the festive season before it begins to wilt a bit. But how can you help it along? Um, yeah, it should last. Um, but uh, this year, with the weather being so mild, uh, it, it could affect it a little bit. They, they love that. They really need a cold snap to help the needles uh, tie in. Mm. So it's really, really important to make sure that the, the tree stays hydrated. So just before you put it up, like literally just before you put it up, cut a half inch off the bottom and put it straight into water or a sugar-based water or flat seven up, something like that. Really? And make sure to keep it chopped up. Yeah, the glucose helps uh, the needle stay in and helps it keep uh, stay fresh and keeps it fed. Right, okay. So, and you know the, 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 the pot or the stand that you put the Christmas tree into? Yes. Some of them, Some of them have a, a section where you could put water. Should you top that up? Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely make sure it's topped up because especially uh, modern houses with underfloor heating and stuff, they're just really, really dry and really they have a really warm, consistent temperature. So make sure to keep an eye on it every couple of days that it's above, that it's just above where you've cut freshly, that the the actual base is always in water and it'll right. make a massive difference. Yeah, because some um, of them, we have, and, one, we have one now that like the, the tree sits into it and it's about, I'd say safely, I'd say safely there's two or three inches of depth like, should you have water inside yeah. in that? You should have water in it. You don't have to have the full amount. Um, you don't want it going stagnant or anything. You want to just keep it topped up, right. fresh water. Or for, uh, and will the, will the tree actively absorb the water uh, even though it's... Up. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the flat seven it, up. It will, it will, of course. It'll, it'll, it'll absorb it up and it'll wow. help keep keep going. Very good. And the, now, talk to me about the flat seven up. I mean, we all learned when we were small growing up that flat seven up or flat ten or, oh my God, the thing would shrink, shrink, shrink tumours, let alone cure hangovers. But, but why does yeah. a tree like flat seven up? Why does a tree? Well, there's no um, colour additives or anything like that in it. And it's just, it's the sugar, basically. It's, um, it, and when it's flat, the sugar is broken down a bit more and it, the carbohydrates are out of it. Right. Um, so it absorbs it a bit better. So uh, it's, it's just a, a good household trick and it works. Fantastic. 
Fantastic. Because when the tree starts to dry, apart from the pine needles falling out, which you don't want... So you're broken up there. Okay, uh, when the tree starts to dry up, the w- two things happen. First of all, it, it the, the pine needles start to fall Sorry, off. Sorry, the line broke up there for a second. Oh yeah, what the, the two things you don't want happening is the pine needle, the pine needles starting to fall off, but that lovely smell as well. You you don't want that to to go to go away. Down. No, yeah. well, it, uh, to get the really strong smell when you're buying your Christmas tree, ask for there's there's two t- uh, types of trees: the Nordman fir and the Noble fir. Yeah, they're both scented, but the noble fir has a stronger scent, yes. um, and it kind of has that lovely bluish kind of greeny tinge to it, um, and it, it's just a bit of a stronger scent. Now, the Nordman fir has a, a lovely scent as well, but yeah. the noble fir does have that stronger smell. Excellent. All right, Daniel, thank you very much, and you can be just. I love. I love the the flat seven up bit. Daniel Leahy of Careswood Garden Centre in Castle Martyr, That connection, not the greatest, but I think we got the gist of it. You got the gist of it. Can you make up Christmas wreaths yourself as well? While you're I, I, yeah, I, I was in and out, but sure, look, it's all, it's all good. It's okay. That's that's good. No, that I was only going to talk about Christmas wreaths and making up your own decorations for the front door and all of that. But the line just ain't going to hold. We might come back to him again before before the big day. Should we? Three weeks to go. Thank you, Daniel. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Speaking of Christmas, and we know that the meeting of the cabinet subcommittee. The all-male cabinet, cabinet subcommittee is on at the moment. We know there'll be a cabinet meeting at three o'clock and we believe, now there's a rumour, again it's just a rumour, that we'll have another announcement by the Taoiseach this evening. And that's not certain at the moment. Uh, Richard Chambers was confirming to us earlier on there on Twitter that there will be a cabinet meeting and that possibly... Subsequently, it has emerged there may also be an announcement by the Taoiseach this evening. So I can go into a pub full of people, says this message. I can go to a department store before Christmas and for the sales, which will be full to the rafters, but I'm advised not to meet with too many of my family in one go. It's all about the revenue at this stage. I'd rather be in a pub, says Kate, where everyone's vaccinated than driving it underground, which I presume you mean, Kate is you'd rather be in a pub until 11 or 12 o'clock at night when you know everyone's vaccinated rather than have people going back to house parties and gatherings where they may not all be. Yeah, there there, there is that. There, there, There is the thing that if they close the pubs down at 10 o'clock, that will just cause more house parties. People have said that for months and months. You can't deny that's that's what will happen. We'll see what comes later on. What's the situation with motorhome parks if they bring in restrictions? I wouldn't be going there. I don't think we need. I don't think we have anything to worry about at the moment with regard to five k or with regard to holiday homes. I don't think we have anything to worry about in that regard at this point in time. Make is again calling for them to close the schools. Uh, that's not going to happen. They will do anything in their power to keep the schools open. They really will. Helen then says, and this, now Helen, I'm with you on this, I'm with you on this, and I think a lot of other people would be too. As regards the COVID pass, a photo ID should be required. Well, it is required. Like, I've not been asked once for my photo ID, and occasion haven't even been asked for my COVID pass. Yeah, I, I was very impressed recently with the, the lads down at Barry's and Douglas, I'm calling them out because I'm going to praise them. Uh, they know me, as you can imagine. I'm in and out of the place. They, they know me for years. And the last day I was in, I went for a spot of lunch. 
two Fridays ago and I was asked for my pass and I was asked for ID even though the guy who checked it has known me for 20 years. That's how it's got to be done. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Quartz 96FM. Hi PJ, just wondering, my son is coming back from England Sunday night. Does he still need a test? You see, that's the confusion they caused this morning because the testing regime to get into the country, you had to have a test. That was to happen today. That has now been put back by 48 hours, which I assume means Sunday. What I suggest you do... Um, is say to your son if he's fully vaccinated uh, which I assume he is if he's fully vaccinated just pop into Boots and they'll do a test for him for, it's about 30 pounds or something an antigen test just get an antigen test for travel and he can do it in Boots 1850 now we're assuming all these things can go ahead uh, Joe Kelly we're assuming that all of these events with the big room or the good room rather can go ahead at Christmas but, but the plan is the plan is to um, to have a good time on the nights running up to December. Magic nights by the Lee, back for winter. Morning. That, that's it. How are you, PJ? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, look, realistically, chances are that outdoor stuff probably has a very good chance of staying so. open. I would You know, so. with, with socially distanced. So, you know, who's to say what happens in the next week or two? I, I, I don't think we're going anywhere near the slam down of last Christmas. I don't think we are. No, I don't think so. I think the fact that, look, you might argue that now with masks and schools from third class up, et cetera, et cetera, because, you know, I know that in many national schools, you know, I suppose COVID did show its ugly head. So, you know, I think we'll be okay. But I suppose let's not be negative. Let's be positive. Let's assume but, all these wonderful gigs go ahead. So what do you have for us and when? So basically on the 21st, 2nd and 3rd in Fitzgerald's Park, we have uh, some of the best music, comedy, and entertainment from all uh, Cork acts. So on the Tuesday, the 21st, we've True Tides, who are starting to make it big in Dublin. They're writing for the Coronas now. The McSweeney brothers, all three of them are from Cork. Uh, and uh, before them is Code of Behaviour, a Cork-based uh, brass band who will liven up the crowd. Then on the Wednesday night, we've... Mafia uh, drag show, and so they're on. There's Sinead Quinlan, the comedian. There's Cornelius P. O'Sullivan and Eddie Kay. Actually, on the first night as well, there's Stevie G and yeah. uh, Minnie Marley. And then the third night is uh, basically Claire Sands, Cork traditional artist, now living all around the countryside, and Fish Go Deep. And uh, so they're the three shows that are going to take part or yeah. take place in, in the Fitzgerald's Park. So, they're, they're six to half eight, and they're very cheap. Well, they are. Being honest with you, they're under the local live performance uh, scheme from the government. So, thankfully, the Department of uh, the, the Six Names, I can never mention, Sports, Media, Culture, the Gale Duck. Department of whatever Martin. you have in yourself, effectively. Yeah, Captain Martin's department has yeah. facilitated this in all councils, city councils and county councils around the countryside. And so they are um, they're facilitating it through Cork City Council and we're working with the Arts Office on that. But being honest with you, during the summer, because we had three shows, some people didn't turn up, even though we got more people in. But the point was, we just felt, look, 
if you charge something minimal, the pickup will be better. Sure. And then that small amount will go to the Lord Mayor's uh, charity of choice. Excellent. So it's kind of win-win on all sides. So you it's know, €3 so euro per person or a tenner for four people? Yes, but the first tranche, for want of a better word, of uh, those three nights are sold out now. But we'll be releasing more as the weeks go by, okay. in, you know, because we've another announcement probably to make in about 10 days with regard more stuff that we're doing at Magic Nights. But Excellent. we're just uh, holding that back just yet. But well, we look forward to catching up when, when that when that happens. Joe, time is not on my side, so I'm going to leave you there. At magicnightsbythelead.com, if you want to look at that series of gigs and maybe book tickets, which are three euros per person or a tenner for a group of four. Want to finish out today... Because, thank you, Joe, uh, because, well, every child in Cork is sitting down or has sat down to write their letter to Santa. It's kind of getting close now. You know, it's three weeks tonight is Christmas Eve. So the letters to Santa are being written at an awful rate. Maureen Tuig has been out finding out what's on the Santa Lists. It's been very busy so far. I mean, it, much busier, funnily enough, than two years ago. Whether it's a bit of fear and a bit of advanced buying, I'm not quite sure. It's 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 impossible to tell because at this time of the year, sales tend to go into random into one month from the other. So, could be buying early, could be just better than it is normally. I hope it's better than it is normally. <laughs> there's definitely a feeling of loyalty out there. You know, there's a feeling of support local. Why in Stansfeld owns Pinocchio's toy shop on Paul Street in the city? As we put the finishing touches to our Santa letters, Wyan has the inside scoop on the most popular toys this year. For us, well, Maleg Mice which some people will have heard of and some people won't. I mean, I can't say as I... Well, I had heard of them about three years ago and we've been told we should buy them. You should buy those, you should try those. But we just kept thinking, God, they're a bit expensive. But they are just gorgeous. I mean, we have sold loads of stuff to do with them. Furniture, bits and pieces of mice, you name it, really. Um, And other than that, kind of all the traditional things. I mean, for us, jigsaw puzzles, train sets are still by far the most popular thing cross boys and girls Wyan says all toy shops work together we don't do battery operated things generally or minimal amounts of battery operated things we don't do you know the latest trend um, I mean we get asked sometimes for, for the latest trendy thing and I either don't know what it is or I point them to Smiths because Smiths serve a purpose I mean they send people to us for things they don't do and we send people to them because that's what people do Siblings John, Rachel and Ava Walsh have been telling us what they're asking Santi for this year. The most thing I want is Pokemon Tag, Eevee Evolution v their Pokemon cards, a scooter, loom bands, um, makeup and an iPod. And what is the best present you've ever received? And um, my best present at Christmas time is just like is 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 my Xbox. I got a pogo stick, my iPad. Tonishali of Radker has told the Dual Santa will be exempt from any new travel restrictions. Cork Southwest TD Christopher O'Sullivan said while Santa was flat out making toys, he had concerns about the supply chains into Ireland because of Brexit. But Leo Varadkar says they're working closely with the North Pole to ensure everything arrives on time. 
Santa, uh, his wife, his staff um, are fully vaccinated, uh, will be exempt from any travel restrictions that have to be imposed between now and then, uh, and my department, the Department of Trade, will um, leave no stone, stone unturned and do absolutely everything we can to make sure that there's no uh, disruption to supply chains or any kind of trade uh, rules or issues that could uh, disrupt the delivery of presents uh, on Christmas Eve. People were given out about that in the doll uh, with Leo talking about Santa. Do you know what? I actually think it's a bit of fun. And if we can't allow a bit of fun, even at tough times, then we're lost completely. Thanks, Maureen, for that. Uh, speaking of Santa, the Santa calls are back with Casey and Ross in the morning on Cork's 96 FM for your chance to get a call from Santa at the North Pole. All you need to do is go on to 96fm.ie fill out the form. The Santa Calls brought to you by McCarthy's Interiors and Gift Shop, Douglas and Balancholic Shopping Centres for festive bedding, gifts and decor. McCarthy's.ie for more and stay listening because we could be calling you at Cork's 96 FM. Just before I go, yeah, 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 we got loads in. We got loads in. Uh, There were 20 steps in total. (laughs) Gave you a 7 and 8 and a 5. And we snuck two of them in without telling you. Don Dorgan from Rathcormack, though, was on the ball. He spotted them all. He's been to us all morning. Thanks, Don. 20 steps he spotted. He's our Foot Solutions winner for today. His 200 euro voucher is on the way. Give the gift of happiness to your loved ones this Christmas with a Foot Solutions gift card. Free your feet. The rest will follow. Apparently, Minister Josepha Madigan, what is she minister for now? I don't know. But she said she's furious at the leaking of Neffet recommendations. <laughs> okay, a bit late now, a bit late now. So we know they're meeting, the committee's meeting, and there's a cabinet at three, and what happens after that, we don't know whether Michal will be speaking to us or not this evening. Uh, you can't convince me, says this message, that sports matches hadn't a lot to do with this. I don't think the way the tracing of cases is set up is done properly at all. If you don't test, you can't find and don't mention the schools. Oh, don't mention. Oh, don't mention the schools. Do not mention the schools. Before we go, don't forget the Premier League live back this weekend. It's ninety-six.fm.ie, uh, powered by Talksport. Trevor Welsh and the team back with live coverage of West Ham versus Chelsea at twelve thirty. Newcastle v Burnley at three, and Watford against Manchester City at five thirty. That's the Premier League live online with now. Uh, stream live Premier League action with a Now Sports or Sports Extra membership. Your sport on your terms. Stream only the games that matter to you most with Now. Listen Saturday on the Corks 96FM app or go to 96FM.ie. We will be watching across the day and across the weekend where we're going with regard to COVID news. We'll bring you all of the details across the weekend on news bulletins and indeed with regard to the subcommittee someone said it wouldn't be great for the Irish people to have Mary Lou on the subcommittee problem is it's a government subcommittee and she's not in government but point taken alright it's been a busy one the programme edited by Fiona Corker and produced and researched by Fergal Barry whatever you do this weekend do it safely and do it and be kind to each other these are tough times but we have each other and when we have that we have everything. See you Monday, just after nine. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. They can call me. Wayne Hilton. Wayne Hilton. The week.
on Cork's 96FM. Join me Saturday mornings from 10. I've got four hours of the best music mix. Check out the Cork Weekend Survey. Have a go at the Wayne Teaser question. There's the latest celebrity goss. A look at what's happening around town. And we'll keep you up to date with all your essential Cork news. Wayne Hilton. Saturdays, 10 a.m. With Newmarket Motors Volkswagen. Where you can test drive the full Volkswagen range. Including the all-electric ID3 and ID4. See newmarketvolkswagen.ie. On Cork's 96FM. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.